This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. Listen to it, Fizz. First aid for headache, Alka-Seltzer. First aid for acid indigestion, Alka-Seltzer. First aid for cold distress, Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer presents from New York, The Quiz Kids versus five distinguished university professors. Attention, quiz kids and professors, listen closely to today's first question. If the groundhog should see Lamont Cranston next Thursday, what would he do? Yes, there's the first puzzler from the Alka-Seltzer question box. And do you folks at home know the answer? Well, you'll have time to give it a little thought while the youngsters and the professors here in school answer the roll call. And coming to you from New York City this afternoon, here are the quiz kids, their guests, and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Durward Kirby, and hello, everyone. Welcome to another competitive question session with the Quiz Kids. And I do mean competitive, for again this afternoon, it's the Quiz Kids versus the professors. You know... Friends, several weeks ago, the Quiz Kids matched wits with four professors from the University of Michigan, and here in New York City this afternoon, they're facing five professors from four different universities. And both teams are ready and eager to begin, so let's meet them and get started. So here we go with roll call. A Quiz Kid first, then a professor, and so on, until we meet all ten of you. All right, Joel? I'm Joel Kupferman. I'm 13 years old, and by now I hope I'm a 2B at Roosevelt High School in Chicago. <laughs> professor Kilcoin. I am a professor of English at Brooklyn College, and I'm old enough not to compete with these kids. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi. I'm Naomi Cooks. I'm 11 years old, and by now I'm an 8B at the Grover Cleveland School of Chicago. Professor Smith. I'm professor of philosophy at Barnard College, Columbia University. And as for um, my age, since I didn't prepare a speech, I guess I'll have to fall back on the truth. Uh, 28. Ah. <laughs> uh, Patrick. I'm Patrick Owen Common. I'm 12 years old. And I'm an 8A at the Fort Dearborn School in Chicago. Dean Trincy. Well, I go to school at Hunter College. Or that is, I try to take care of the girls who go to school at Hunter College uptown. As for my age, shall I say, I'm twice 21 and a little over, almost the truth. Oh, Next we have Rochelle. I'm Rochelle Liebling. I'm 10 years old in the sixth grade of the Gale School of Chicago, Illinois. Professor Fairchild. I am Professor Emeritus of Sociology at New York University. And as everybody knows... And Emeritus is a college professor who's not afraid of losing his job because he has no job to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm. I'm Malcolm Mitchell. I'm 12 years old, and I'm in the 8B at Winthrop Junior High School, Brooklyn. I'm Professor Freeman. I'm a professor of English at Hunter College in uh, New York and uh, a doctor, one of those doctors, as a friend of mine once said, who can't do nobody no good. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, 
There's our lineup of experts, and here we go. Back to that first question, which was from uh, Mrs. Raymond Alsop of Salinas, California. If the groundhog should see Lamont Cranston next Thursday, what would he do? Well, now let's see. We have two professors' hands up, four quiz kids' hands, and Patrick's hand was first. Well, uh, first I think I better explain. Lamont Cranston is the comic strip character known as the Shadow. Yeah, right. And next week is Groundhog Day, so he'll go back into his hole. He he's certainly shadow. Was. Yes, sirree, when he saw his shadow. Well, that's fine. Now then, Mrs. J.M. Smith of Kenmore, New York, has furnished us three or four names that are closely associated, but uh, you are to supply the fourth. Uh, the first part consists of Jim Crowley, Elmer Layden, Harry Stuhldreher, and whom? Joel? Well, those are the four horsemen, and the fourth is Don Miller. Don Miller is right. Absolutely. Yes. He won't be doing this next one. Harpo, Groucho, Chico, and Professor Freeman. Oh, his hand comes back down. Professor Smith. Zeppo, and there was a fifth gummo. Get out. Well, how do you like that? I was just wondering when you folks were going to get in on this. Yeah. All right, here's the third part. John Tyler, Millard uh, Fillmore, Andrew Johnson, and who is the fourth president who was never elected to that office but merely served out an unexpired term? Pat? Well, uh, Theodore Roosevelt is the next one in line. Oh, no. No. Oh, that, well, that's... Uh, All right, again, Pat? The next one? Well, yeah, uh-huh. And who is the fourth president who was never elected to that office but merely served out an unexpired term? Joe. Chester Allen Arthur. Chester Allen Arthur is correct. Nice going, Joe. That's fine. Yes, Charlie. And that means that uh, your right answer gives Mrs. J.M. Smith of Kenmore, New York, a Zenith table model radio phonograph, and say, friends, you will want to try for one of these Zenith radio phonographs, too. It's a dandy. The record player has the famous Cobra tone arm with three-way automatic record changer for all types of records, and the fine radio gives a deep, rich tone. Now, this Zenith radio phonograph is always Alka-Seltzer's award when the quiz kids answer your question correctly. But when they miss, listen to this, you have your choice between the Zenith Garfield television set and the large console Zenith radio phonograph combination. The Zenith television set has a new super-range chassis to ensure the ultimate in performance, the sensational built-in picture magnet aerial, single knob automatic tuning, the big B-size giant circle screen, and the glare band black tube for clearer pictures. The large Zenith console radio phonograph is a wonderful combination. It plays all uh, types of records and gives you AM and FM radio. So get busy, folks. Send those questions to Quiz Kids, Box Y, Chicago 77, Illinois. All right, here we go with more questions. Now, uh, this question is from Alice Hansen of St. Paul, Minnesota. You are to try to identify uh, these uh, real or fictional people who met under unusual circumstances, and you must get two out of three on this. First, an English officer, while taking a sightseeing trip through India, trespassed in the garden of a Brahmin temple and met the priest's daughter. Malcolm? I believe that was in Lakme. That's right, and what was... Uh, Gerald met Lakme. Gerald met Lakme from the opera by that <laughs> name... Nice going. Very good, Malcolm. Second part. The first time this next young man meets his girl is when she and her friends plan to go waiting while waiting for her father, the Major General. How about that one? 
Rochelle. I think that was Mapyrus Apenza. That's right. And can you give me the name? Uh... Well, I think it was Edith, Mabel, and Isabella were waiting for the Major and General. So, and uh, who... All right, Joe. Well, the boy's well, name was Frederick. Frederick met Mabel. Yes, that's right. Pyrus Apenza. Now, in this last case, in this last case, a young man paid $35 for a salesman's course, exhibited some paintings, and ended up with a wife. Now, there is a very difficult one. How about that? No hands from either board? No? Do we give up? Well, Mrs. Uh, Trinzi, that was your husband. I, uh, well, you know, I, uh... <laughs> Well, after all, don't you remember? Uh... <laughs> oh, dear, didn't you catch her off guard? But good. Well, I know you have a very busy mind, but well, would you mind telling us, uh, Dean Trincy, uh, how, just how did this all happen? Well, I think he paid more for the course than that. Oh, you do? Yes, I do. How much more would you say? Well, well, perhaps I never heard the whole story. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We uh, sort of took him over in a corner and asked him about uh, these things, and he told us, and, oh, dear. Well, all right, that was a lot of fun, and that's what we want to have once in a while. Now, that was a very interesting question, and so is this next one. But before we tackle it, let's hear about first aid and Alka-Seltzer. First aid for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer. Friends, on those occasions when you eat too much or too fast or when something you've eaten doesn't agree with you, the result is sometimes acid indigestion. And that's when you want fast, dependable relief. So be wise. Alkalize with Alka-Seltzer. Yes, drink a glass of sparkling Alka-Seltzer and see how quickly its soothing action can settle the upset stomach, how efficiently it acts to reduce gastric hyperacidity. There's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer. It leaves a clean, fresh taste in the mouth and a mighty welcome feeling in the stomach. We think you'll be amazed at Alka-Seltzer's fast, effective action against the distress of acid indigestion. So try it and see, won't you? Remember, when acid indigestion causes discomfort, first aid is Alka-Seltzer. Yes, sir. Well, here's our next question, class. For Mrs. Ida Young of Detroit, Michigan, try to identify the following romantic ballads from hearing only a few snatches from each. Now, Arlo with the organ will uh, play them for us. All right, Arlo, let's have number one. <coughs> Professor Smith has his hand up. How can I leave thee? How can I leave thee? That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Professor Smith... Could, could you sing just a little, uh, you know, a little sample? Oh, yes. Uh, how can I leave thee? How can... I hope that gets us ahead. I think we probably need one. Oh, well, it definitely does. Yes, sir. Cooler Smith. <laughs> oh, that was just fine. And here is number two. Patrick? Well, that she's only a bird in a gilded cage. That's right, yes. Uh-huh. And uh, can anyone sing a little sample of that? Oh. Uh, <laughs> instance, uh, uh, Professor Fairchild? Not that one. Oh, can't you really? No, give me another one. Sir. Oh, it's an old-timer. <laughs> I know. No, you can only, you don't remember? I'd hate to admit how old it is. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, uh, how about you? Can you give well, us a little Well, I think sample? I can. 
She's only a bird in a gilded cage, a beautiful sight to see. You'd think she'd be happy and free from I've never heard such singing. <laughs> no, I'm sure. Oh, now, don't get me wrong, please. Now, please don't. All right. Here we go with our next question. Just to see how well you keep up with the news, Mrs. Grace Hawkins of Miami, Florida, wants to ask, what important happening last week will necessitate the rewriting of a great many science books in order to insert the number 97? Malcolm? Well, I believe out in California they um, discovered what they think is an element, a new element. Yes. And uh, they're, tr they're at present go undergoing the, t uh, the element, supposedly, is go undergoing the test to uh, determine whether it really is an element. That's right. Absolutely. Yes, sir. And, uh, by the way, the key man on this, uh, insofar as the element is concerned, is our old friend, Dr. Seaborg. Yes, sir, from the University of Berkeley. Well, now let's see. Harry Collins of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, says he's a great believer in reading mystery stories for relaxation, and he would like to see if you contestants can identify three old favorites from the following quotations. You must try to get two out of three. Here's the first one. The only possible object of this rather fantastic business of the advertisement of the League and the copying of the encyclopedia must be to get this not-over-bright pawnbroker out of the way. Professor Smith. That's uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, Conan Doyle, the Red-Headed League. The Red-Headed League, that's right, Professor Smith, yes. Very good. All right, now we're not through yet. In uh, what detective story would you find this? I'm not taking you up to Batty Thomas, Miss Hillary. She's an unlucky belle. Professor Smith. Uh, that's a Dorothy Sayers, the Nine Tailors. Well, how do you like this? <laughs> these professors now that's all there is to it here's the last one the fog has swept in swiftly from the lake even against the fire it seemed now to wrap the two men in a gray and clammy bl uh, blanket uh, Pat well, I'd say that was the gold bug no no but uh, I might say you're a little warm Pat uh, Professor Smith uh, Wilkie Collins of Moonstone no 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 you give up well, let's see. The, uh, this uh, mystery was written by uh, uh, Professor Freeman on our board this evening. <laughs> Professor Freeman, after all, don't you read what you write? That's uh, from the mystery, The Case of the Blind Mouse. Do you remember now? Don't I you? still don't remember. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, that was certainly fun. Mrs. Ruth Daves of Croton, New York, wants to try you on this one. If United States senators had characteristics that rhymed with their last names, who would these senators be? For instance, if a certain senator always held still, he would be... Uh, well, this is the example, but I have two hands up already. Pat? Well, that'd be Lister Hill of Alabama. Senator Lister Hill. That's the idea. Now then, here we go with the question. Try this. If one senator were a myth, the senator would be... Professor Kilcoyne. Smith. That's right. Uh, we're from, uh, by the way. New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey is right, Senator H. Alexander Smith, Republican from New Jersey. And uh, here's uh, part two. If a senator found reason to plead, he would be... Reed. Uh, Professor Kilcoyne. Senator right. Reed. But you must hold your hand up before you talk. <laughs> He's slapping his wrist now. <laughs> well, I'm having... used to talking without permission. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right, from Kansas, Senator Clyde M. Reed. Now, if this senator is careful when he drives... I... <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Professor Kilcoyne, without your hand up? <laughs> oh, it was Professor Freeman. Meet me in the hall room after the courtroom, yeah. All right, Professor Fairchild. Senator Eyes of New York. That's right. Nice going. That's fine. We're going to have a few sound effects to help us with this question from Leo J. Burke of Harvey, North Dakota. You ought to keep in mind what the different days of the week were named for and tell what day is suggested by each of the following sounds. You must get two out of three, and here is number one. Naomi? Well, that was thunder, and uh, that would be the god of thunder, Thor, and uh, the day of the week that's named after him is Thursday. Hmm. No, now, wait a minute. Uh, wait just a minute. We're uh, just a little bit off the beam. Let's have the sound once more, uh, please, just like... Malcolm. Well, that sounds like war, and the god of war was Mars, so it might be Tuesday. No, no, Pat. Well, it was Tuesday because the god of war was two. No, wait a minute, Professor Smith. It's a Wednesday for what? Wotan's Day, uh, uh, god of war. Wotan, god of war. That's right, Professor Smith. That's correct. Uh -huh. Well, let's, uh, let's see what we can do with number two. Professor Smith's hand went up so fast he's standing up. All right, Professor Smith. <laughs> we can clean up on this one. It's Friday cleaning day. Why do you say Friday, though? Vacuum cleaner. All right, but well, you Vacuum have to give me cleaner. more. You have to give me more. Named for, Friday was named for whom? Oh. Naomi. Well, that be, would be Freya. Well, no. No. Joe? Freya, the, god of, the goddess of the home. No, no, you're wrong. Uh, uh, Naomi, Naomi was closer. It's... Uh, Fricka? Uh, Frigga. That's right. Absolutely right. All right. Here's number three. <laughs> All right, Professor Fairchild. That's Thursday from Thor. That's right, because it was thunder. Absolutely right. It's nice going. Uh-huh. That was a lot of fun. That was a cute question. Now then, you are all allowed to use puns in answering this question from uh, Beatrice Wilson of Washington, D.C. 
Describe a woman by using terms associated with any collegiate sport. For instance, you could say uh, always the center of attraction. You get the idea? Mm. All right, collegiate sports now. Describe a woman. Professor Kilcoin? He's a regular catcher. What is that? Catcher. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> okay, you really had to stoop for that one, though, didn't you? Yeah, huh? And uh, let's see. Ruth base. She's always on the ball. Always on the ball. Okay, and or else she's swimming in dresses. Swimming in dresses? That's what I like to be. Fine, Malcolm? Well, you could use a, a term in uh, baseball, a curveball. She's got beautiful curves. Oh, yes, 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 we could. That's right, huh? And Joel? Well, you, you would say she was forward or a far throw from this. A <laughs> far throw from this. Well, those were all very, very good. Now then, we'll get going on this next question, students, as soon as we hear from Derwood Kirby. So let's have that good advice, Derwood. Right, Joe. Friends, remember, first aid for headache, Alka-Seltzer. Yes, when a headache is making you feel miserable, the first thing to do is to drop one or two Alka-Seltzer tablets into a glass of water, watch it bubble up and dissolve, then drink it. And just see how soon the pain of your headache is relieved. Now, there's a reason why Alka-Seltzer is so fast and effective, and that reason is this. Alka-Seltzer is already dissolved when you drink it, and because it is, its pain-relieving agent, sodium acetyl salicylate, is ready to go right to work. And Alka-Seltzer's effervescent base, that Alka-Seltzer fizz, speeds this pain-relieving action on its way. So remember, when you have a headache, when you want fast, dependable relief from that pain, first aid is Alka-Seltzer. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore in either the 30 or 60 cent package. Never be without it in your home. Yes, you bet, friends. That is good advice. And here's some more good advice. Be sure and give to the March of Dimes, won't you? Now, here's a tricky little question from Francis Holmes of San Francisco, California. A lot of us may remember that uh, Richard Wagner wrote the operas in the Ring of the Nibelungs, but who wrote the words to all those operas? Rochelle. Well, that was Richard Wagner. That's right. He wrote he them wrote himself. The words and the music. That's all right. his operas, too. Well, certainly, that's right. That's the answer. <laughs> Here's one from Miss Lee Lessing of Fayette, Min uh, Mississippi. The clock on the church tower takes the same time to make three sto strokes as the town hall clock takes to make two strokes. Now, as I came home, they began to strike the hour at the same instant. The church clock finished uh, striking uh, while the and striking two while they are striking completely finished rather while the town clock had two more strokes to go. Now what? time was it? Joel. Well, let's see. I think if you let X equal the hour, then uh, you could have three halves. Well, you'd, you'd have to discount the uh, first strike as it's only the pauses that are really count. Uh, so listen, oh, you'd have, uh, let's see, twice as much of that because actually the first one counted. You had three in a row and two, then there'd be one against the last two. So you'd have uh, twice times x minus 1 or minus the 2, or that's x minus 3, twice times in parentheses x minus 3 would be equal to x minus 1. So you'd have uh, 2x minus 6 equals x minus 1. So uh, that would be the x equals 5, so it would be 5 o'clock. That's right, absolutely, Joel. Good boy. That's good. 
And uh, as I said, as I came home, it was 5 o'clock in the afternoon, not the morning. <laughs> now here's a quickie from John Messer of Danbury, Connecticut. What war, might you say, began with three apples and ended with one horse? Professor, uh, Professor Trinzi. The Trojan War. The Trojan War, that's very good. <laughs> the next one is from Phyllis Colbert of Chicago, Illinois. Name two baseball players who had the same last names as two United States presidents. Two baseball players who had the same last names as two United States presidents. Joel? Well, there's a player on the Pacific Coast, I think he won the uh, batting championship there, that has the last name Wilson. Wilson? And uh, there was President Wilson. That's right. Can you, can't you think of another Wilson, a very famous Wilson, uh, oh, uh, bygone uh, days, Hack Joel? Wilson. Hack Wilson, that's right. All right, how about the other one now? Can we think of another one? Professor Freeman. What about Walter Johnson? And the uh, president's name? The president's name was also Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just double-checking. I, I thought I, I might possibly catch you off base on that. <laughs> but I didn't. Yes, sir. Mr. H.G. Hofcroft of Seattle, Washington asked this question. If you climbed, the, uh, climbed these biblical mountains, what important event that once took place there might you reconstruct in your imagination? And first is Mount Sinai. Pat. Well, Moses got the Ten Commandments there. That's right, Patty. That's right. How about Mount Ararat? All right, uh, Professor Smith. Uh, the ark uh, rested on Mount Ararat. That's right. And how about the Mount of Olives? The Mount of Olives, Pat? Well, that's when Jesus went to pray for the last time. That's known. That's right. That's correct, yeah. Patty. Yes. <laughs> this question is from Catherine Hudson of New York City. When most good ball players walk out on the field, you hear a lot of O's and R's and gollies and G's from their fans. But what player gets 100 G's for walking out on the field? <laughs> Professor Fairchild. DiMaggio. DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. $100,000. Now then, you'll need uh, plenty of imagination for this question from Mrs. R. Hogan of River Forest, Illinois. If you were buying a garment of clothing for the following people and chose garments that were appropriate according to the name of each person, let's see what you could purchase. For instance, you might buy a racketeer, a slicker. You get the idea? Uh, All right. Now, here's the question. What might you buy a girl paratrooper? A garment of clothing. Professor Freeman. Jumpers. A jumper, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what might you buy for a painter? Real quick. A painter. Remember, a garment of clothing. Joel. Well, something that I just brushed by. <laughs> well, yes, but what else now? Um, what do they put on a house first? I mean, uh... Oh, and Naomi! A coat! A coat, that's it! Good girl, yes. Well, say, that old school bell means our question session is over, class. The next puzzler is for the judges. Which team won? The professors or the quiz kids? We'll have the answer for you in just a minute, but first, here's an important message for our listeners. Don't take chances. Are you giving your family the protection of one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules for these winter months? You buy winter coats and warm clothing as insurance against winter's colds and snows. But by all means, remember your wintertime vitamin insurance, too. Make mealtime your vitamin time. Put that one-a-day brand multiple vitamin bottle on the table and make sure everyone in your family takes 
One-a-day brand multiple vitamins. 60 capsules, two-month supply, only $2. Ask your druggist for one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. All right, well, here's the answer. The judges report that as a class, you didn't miss any questions this afternoon. The score for our team of professors is uh, 88, and the quiz kids, 92. Well, congratulations, quiz kids. And congratulations to you professors, too. You really put up a good fight. Yes, it's been another great session in radio's famous classroom, The Air. It was a privilege to have you professors with us this afternoon, and we want to thank you for participating so splendidly. And for each of you professors, we have a Zenith table model combination radio phonograph, and we hope you like it. Now, next Sunday, we'll be back home in our Chicago classroom with quiz kids Ruthie Duskin, Rennie Templeton, Lonnie Lundy, Harvey Deitch, and Patrick Conlon. We hope to mark all you listeners present in school, too, so plan to be with us, won't you? That's next Sunday, same time, same station. And until then, this is Joe Kelly dismissing class. Goodbye, kids. Goodbye, Professor. Don't forget to do your share for the March of Dimes and do it today. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week and see and hear out the Seltzer's Quiz Kids television show over NBC every Friday night. Consult your local newspaper for time and station. This is Derwood Kirby speaking. <laughs>